This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how you doing today? I have a good friend coming back to the show. He was on about a year ago or so, and a little known fact, uh, going to one of his events was my last plane flight before the shutdown. So uh, he, he is a very good friend of mine and of the channel. Jim Ingersoll, how you doing, young man? Good to see you. Good to see you and hang out and talk about real estate and market and renting one rental at a time, all that good stuff. I love it. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of conversation I wanted to have today, right? It's April 1st, start of Q2. I've been telling people we're exiting the dark period. We're going to the light. The next 12 months won't be like the last 12 months. But, you know, I wanted to bring somebody on that's got 20 years experience or so like myself in this game on the entire different coast, right? You're East Coast, I'm yeah. West Coast. You focus really in on one market, I focus in on one market. That just means we have a level of depth and experience. So Jim, do, for my audience that hasn't seen your old videos, remind them what you do, where you're at, all of that. And then I really wanna talk about what we're doing now because I don't think enough people talk about that. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I've been doing this full-time, 15 years out of corporate America. Um, before that, my, my background was engineering and operations and all that good stuff. A lot of travel like yourself that I don't miss at all. Yeah. And, um, but no, full-time 15 years in Virginia um, and uh, love buying rentals. I, I'm buying in two markets now, Michael, both okay. in Virginia and in Florida. And we can talk through some of the why behind that if you awesome. want to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we're, we're buying rentals in both markets and uh, real estate changed my life like it changed your life. And I love sharing that good news. There you go. Well, hey, let's just get into it right off the top. Because again, we've got, you know, roughly 40 years combined in this business. It's changed our lives. We both went W2 to full time. Yep. We both now help, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people a year. But let's talk about each of our businesses first, right? So first off, you know, you're in two markets now. That's a, that's a little twist and a change. Yes. What would you, what, why, um, okay. you know, let's talk about that. And, uh, why Florida? So, so why the change? Well, I mean, part of the reason is what's happening with the landlord laws all across the country. Yeah. So Virginia is used to be very landlord friendly, mm. just like three years ago. But that's <laughs> changed, and especially over the last twelve months. And so, you know, with the CDC eviction moratorium and then additional local regulation on landlords. It's been difficult. Now, that being said, I haven't had to evict anybody in years. Yeah. So I've been really super fortunate um, that we haven't had an issue. But if you do, it's a, now it's a 14-day pay or quit. Yeah. And then even on top of that 14-day pay or quit, there's additional stuff you got to go through. And then they just pushed out the moratorium. So, you know, I haven't had to do that. Whereas in like in Florida, Michael, it's a three-day pay or quit. Wow. So it's like a lot easier to move things through. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I was uh, studying is like population shifts. Yeah. There's a lot of people moving out of, out of California where you're at, but also out of like Northern states, like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. And a lot of them are going to like Nashville, 
Charlotte or Florida. Yeah. So I started looking into that. And those were some of the reasons I started buying in Florida. Very cool. So Florida is a big state. Have you honed in on a city that you like, or you're still kind of figuring out? I like the I-4 corridor. The I-4 corridor from Orlando to Tampa is kind of where I'm uh, zeroing in on. Okay. All right. And I'm going to guess, but I don't know. I'm guessing single families or residential versus kind of bigger units. I'm doing more apartments. Oh, really? Oh my goodness. Everything's changing. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's good. Very, very cool. All right. Yeah. So um, that's interesting. Yeah. I think, I think migration, you know, red, blue States, you know, landlord friendly, not, I think all of that has become hyper important to look at and evaluate. Um, yeah, I still haven't left California. I st- well, specifically, I haven't left Fresno, right? I, I don't know that I would ever buy in, you know, San Francisco, for example, just nutty behavior. But I mean, just yesterday, right? LA Times uh, article about Fresno being the number one market in, in all the country for rentals. So, you know, hey, California, for, you know, Fresno is not California. Cal- you know, I don't know. You know, like, all thumbs or fingers. Well, but not all fingers local, thumb. So it's yeah. like there are pockets of good and bad everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's interesting. You're, you're going more, more apartments, kind of the value add story. Are you looking for, you know, kind of newer construction? What, what, what strike your no, fancy? It's mostly value add because you got to be able to create enough equity and cash flow to make it all work. So it. it's been value add, but value add out of your own market's a challenge too. So you got to be careful how much value add you ask for. Right, right. I'm just curious. I, I didn't expect this going in, but do we have a, a move in Jim Ingersoll's future? Like no, you're going to no, pick no, up I'm stakes and move? No, no, no. I'm not moving. I'm staying in Virginia. All right. You <laughs> just never know. I just, it's all these new changes. Know, no, 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 I'm staying right here. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So again, when you look at your business kind of going forward, uh, I guess that's really where I want to go, right? So we're sitting here April 1st, 2021. Uh, there's a lot of people saying lots of things that have no experience, right? It's, it's, right. it's, you know, everybody has a camera and an opinion and, you know, it goes out there. So I guess the first thing I have to ask you is, you, are you, are you growing your portfolio? Are you trimming it? What, what are you doing in, you know, Jim's portfolio as, as you said? I sold some last year, but I've been buying more this year. So here's, here's the question I struggle with. Like five years from now, when we're in 2026, are we going to look back and wish we had bought more this year or sold more this year? Yeah, that's exactly Our the question. question. That is, ex- yeah, mm. it's, it's funny when I look at my business. So we, um, we kind of, uh, we, I, you were doing a refi right before this call started, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So that's actually something I did a lot of in 2020. Um, I did a lot of refinancing, restructuring debt. Some, all of it was rate and term, right? So I didn't take any cash out. Um, I could have, but I didn't. Good for you. You and I are in the extreme minority on that. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't need more. Like, I don't want more cash. <laughs> I certainly don't want the higher rate that comes with it. Because uh, again, I want to hold forever, right? That's, that's my time horizon. So we restructured millions of dollars in debt. I think we increased cash flow just with debt restructuring, like almost five grand when you add everything up, maybe, maybe 4,500, not to stretch. That's, that's, that's not a bad day, right? It's not a bad year. Yeah. Uh, And then we look at last year, we bought, I think we bought six deals, kept four units all off market, right? Finding deals on market last year was impossible. Finding Um, any deals this year is hard. Yeah. I actually, you know what, let's talk. I think that's going to change. So let's, so let me go back to your five-year question. I think we're going to look back and say, I wish I had more deals. But I'll, but it's going to be about the debt structure. That's what I think is going to be because I think I think 
Yeah, I think anybody who takes advantage today, and that's why all these newbies, serious newbies, I think have an advantage over us, right? They can go get that FHA money, you know, with a four on it. Um, right. You know, maybe even a high three if they have the right credit and down payment. Uh, I think that is going to be extremely valuable in, in 2026. Um, yeah, because again, I, to your earlier point, I think, I think we have to have inflation. And then I think rates have to go up. I think, I think we're going to see a, a five to eight year run where interest rates on the 30 year are higher in December than they are January, right? Kind of, right? They're, they're, they're at three and a half this January, they're at four and a quarter next December. Then they're at four and a quarter, they're at five. I think that's a trend I see in the future. How about you? No, I think rates could go up. I think rates could go up. And so that's what I've been struggling with is like, what do I do this year? I got to have, I have to do something. I don't want to do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, as you know, I went to lunch a couple of days ago with Jeffrey Taylor. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, if you look back, like I asked Jeffrey this, <clears throat> I said, if you look back like five or 10 years ago, were you, I'm not talking about teaching, but yeah. like, were you buying, selling, holding? What were you doing like five years ago, 10 years ago? And he said, you know, back then I was, I was buying quite a bit. I said, are you thankful right now at lunch right here that five or 10 years ago, you bought quite yeah. a bit? And he said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, as time goes on, yeah, all those assets have gone up. His cash flow has gone up. Oh, for His sure. Balances that he owes have dropped significantly. So yeah, it's like such such a simple formula for wealth building is just to buy and hold. Yeah, yeah, buy and, and hold, hold fixed rate debt. Just keep forever. Yeah, just just keep it forever. And you don't have to worry as much about a market cycle. No, I think that's I think that's really wise. Um, too many people come into this game with almost a, I, I was going to say gambling, but that's not fair. Almost like a stock market mind, right? Where the market goes like this and they yeah. expect real estate to have similar kind of dramatic moves. And people like real estate cycles. Yes, there are cycles, but they are months and quarters in the making, right? You, you, you don't have a crash, you know, Friday, because of what happened on Thursday, right? That's that's not how real estate works. There's too many competing parts. If you're in the residential space, you know, 68% of all the purchases or owners or owner ox, and you don't just, if you don't get out of an owner ox and then not get something else or be, go to a, a rental, right? You got to live somewhere. Nobody likes to live in a car. Um, so yeah, just real estate doesn't move like stocks and, and too many people are, too many people are calling for a crash this year and that drives me crazy. Well, I mean, I've, for a few years, I thought we were going to reset. I mean, you go oh. back and listen to like an interview you and I may have had a year or two ago. I may have mentioned it. Yeah. But uh, but I was wrong. So this year, I don't think we're going to reset. So hopefully I'm not wrong again. Yeah. I, well, I, let's be clear. I've been telling folks for quite a while, there's no chance for a crash this year. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, the numbers. There's no inventory and prices are jacking up and... <laughs> You know, they're, they're going up a lot. Rents are going up a lot too. Yes. And well, we I think don't that, have the inflation yet. And I think when we get inflation, I think everything goes up more. Yeah, and then as rates go up, prices go up, things are not as affordable. Affordable housing is going to suffer. There's and there's my magic. That's where, gonna, that's where we're headed. That's my magic thing is you got to watch the affordability. As you know, that was what saved us in, in 2006 yeah. or whatever was the affordability index. 
And, you know, today we're still relatively healthy. All these new investors that got like five years on them, they're like, hey, look, the price point's the same as last time. It's got to crash. I'm like, no, not going to happen. Six and a half percent, three and a half percent. That's, you know, that's a significant payment. There's no inventory. We have, we don't have um, no doc loans. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are different than when I was investing in 2006, for sure. Yeah, adjustable rate mortgages weren't, you know, the thing of the day, cash out refis, you know, the teaser loans. I mean, it's just so, so very much different. I, I, I am curious about one thing. Part of the market that was broken last year, Jim, uh, was what I call the move up market. It's like, hey, you know, mom and dad bought their house six, seven years ago, or actually, you know, maybe it's a young couple just married, no kids, seven, eight years go by. Now they have two kids, they need more space. So it's that move up buyer, right? They want to sell entry level and they want to go, you know, whatever the next upgrade is. At least in California, that market was dead last year. People are like, don't come in my house. Don't touch my shit. I don't want, you know, go away. I think that is going to reverse big time. And I think we're sitting on the doorstep of a wave of inventory from those move up buyers as we exit dark times to light times, right? Go winter to spring. Uh, how was how was the move up market in Virginia? I have no well, idea. I agree, and I think too. Though I went to lunch with somebody recently a couple of weeks ago, Brian, and Brian told me that he read a stat, an economic stat, saying there's tons of people that want to change jobs right now, but they're waiting. Yeah, and they're waiting, waiting till this pandemic's a little further in. At that point, if they start moving around, that's going to create some inventory as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think so we're a lot of it's coming to the pandemic. I think as far as inventory. Yeah, we just we we just unnaturally i mean it's i don't know about you but it was my first investing in a pandemic never done it before it was of kind course. of different yeah it's kind of weird we right for the spanish flu yeah the 1918 i wasn't around yet i my parents weren't even around yet so um so really what's happening is i i think we're going to see more inventory right we're at a record low last time i saw was one 1.03 million available homes listed across the country and a natural market is over 3 million there's I think, more realtors than there are homes listed I saw that. That is nuts. In some markets, not every yeah, market. Not every market, but that's still a, it's a fun stat to throw out there. Certainly true in California, no doubt. Uh, but I, where I was going with this, I think is I think we could double available inventory by, let's be crazy. Let's put a month out there. Where do we, we're in April? By August, I'm going to guess right now, we have it recorded that inventory is 2 million available homes. And here's the rub. It's not, not foreclosures not short no, sales, right? Not just, it's not, it, it, people don't realize, people are talking about 3.2 million, you know, people delinquent or serious delinquent or whatever. They don't understand the timeline to actually execute a foreclosure. It's a minimum of six months. And last time it was two years. So you get the, all that's on hold anyways, with all the moratoriums. Yeah. It's just mathematically, logically speaking, it can't happen this year, just given timelines, right? especially now that that's extended to September 1st. So not happening, but I still think inventory doubles by August. What do you, what do you think about that? Just because people start moving around. I can't imagine it'll double. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Awesome. We have it. I could be wrong. So we'll see. Well, that's important. I mean, that's, that's why, that's why it's important to talk to other people that have been around for a while. I don't think, I think we have, we've had the perfect storm for limited inventory. And I think every reason for limited inventory starts to fall off. And what will happen is inventory will go up, days on market will expand. And what will really happen is we'll start to see quality differences, right? The prettiest house on the best location will still f- sell lightning fast, but it's the stuff that's like, oh, it's kind of on a busy street or 
maybe it hasn't been updated since the 80s. That stuff's going to sit longer and it's going to give us the ability, us as investors, the ability to do some deals, which I'm excited about. So maybe it's wishful thinking, but that's what I see coming. Well, it could be. It could be. I mean, right now it's multiple offer city and it's crazy. I'm hearing of offers. I haven't received one like this, but I have received like 25, 30,000 over ask. But there are people that are receiving offers like 90 to 150,000 over asking. And that's on a purchase price of what? So we get a scale. Um, I, let's see. Uh, one of my realtors said there was one at 600 that sold for 690. Oh my God. 15%. Then, I, then I heard of one that was at 350, it sold for 480. Wow. So in, in a close. So I don't know, maybe they're cash, not appraisal. Oh, they have to be. They're waiving that appraisal condition, no doubt. I mean, that's just funny. People are. <laughs> so again, this 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 is why I think inventory has to come because again, people are predictable, right? So again, think about the last year. Don't come to my house. Don't touch my stuff. Now they're starting to hear stories about, oh, they thought it was worth 300. They got 400. And then they're looking around going, oh, my stuff's old. It's kind of updated. Let me let me go get some of that money. So they're going to list their house and, and then upgrade, right? And then they're not going to realize that they're competing in a big market as well. But I that's think that's part of the concern is that, you know, I talked to people that have like a four or $500,000 house that would sell like that. Oh yeah. Like I sold a flip last week at 600 and it, I pre-sold it. Yeah. So everything sells. Right. So, but like, where are they going to move? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing good for them to move into right now. So they don't even sell. That's the thing is I've never seen this. The, just the natural animal spirits have really been restrained. And that's, I, it's, it's like a dog on a really strong leash, right? Or chain or whatever. Right? It's been pulled back. I don't think they can hold it back. I think this summer, you know, I think we're in it now, right? We're in spring. I think summer comes. And, um, you know, again, it's, it totally could be wishful thinking because last year was so hard. But I think inventory is going to double, so uh, we'll have to see what happens by August and see how see how right or wrong I am. I guess. <laughs> Come back and do another another uh, session. There you go. Well, the other thing we got to talk about is rentals and and, and inflation, right? Yeah. As as landlords, we really benefit from two pieces of that, right? There's the inflation of the asset, right? Because we already own it, so it's inflation. But then also inflation in rent. Yes, right. let's talk about both. Yeah, go for so it. A friend of mine, Kevin Family, just posted, he's in the middle of Pennsylvania, um, near uh, where David Krulak lives. And he posted, he just pulled up the data off Zillow and his individual area went up 10%. <laughs> Other markets are up like 14% and more. Yeah. Like, uh, is it Omaha or somewhere out there, Idaho, somewhere? Yeah. It's up even more. So yeah. imagine if you had like, say a $5 million rental portfolio and it goes up 10%. That's a half million dollar equity gain while you sleep. Yeah, that, that, that's not a bad day. That's that's okay. No, that's pretty good, right? Yeah, that's, I don't mind those days. Those days are pretty good. But yeah, that, that, that's what- that's, that's the reality of the equity side. Well, yeah, and what I want people, newer people to realize is, yeah, it takes a while to build a portfolio, but that's the whole one rental at a time story. You just get one and then you get another one and then you right. get another one. And yeah, it's- uh, I think inflation is, I think that'll be kind of the thing of the next five years. I don't know that inflation's a decade in the making, but I think the next five years, we, we're going to be staring at inflation north of 3%, uh, even though the federal government will freaking lie to us and tell us it's 1%. But 
I mean, look at is saying that not to really expect inflation. I just don't believe it. Do you? No, it's it's so fictitious. I did I did a video the other day on the Daily Financial News. Uh, lumber, construction costs, uh, shipping, uh, automobiles, food, gas. I mean, everything is up. I don't know what the hell they're talking about, right? But you know, rent is up. It's 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 here. That's up a lot. Yeah, and it's not going to slow down. It's, so I'm renting a one-bedroom apartment that somebody just moved out of yesterday. Today's the first, right? Right. I rented it to this really great couple 18 months ago, and they just moved out. I was rented at 10:45, so I thought, and that was market at that point. I'm really convinced. Like I was like I always on the upper end yeah. of market for a one-bedroom. So I decided to just increase it 20%, 12:45. I am flooded with people that want it. Wow. So 20%, the exact same apartment um, 18 months later. Yeah, that's amazing. Just so, just one example. Yeah, so last year, that's funny. So, my apartments are actually soft right now. My one bedroom, my two bedroom apartments are soft, right? Because they're all close to, you know, they're all, you know, like they all share walls and whatnot. They're basic yeah. apartments. But my houses, whoo, fire. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, give me an example of how much rent has gone up in in a house like a yeah single- yeah so i so i yeah so i think that i think the best example is and again i only did this at exit last year so when somebody moved i like I, I raised it i didn't raise anybody's rent during the crisis if they stayed uh but i had a i had a rent on a two-bedroom one-bath house decent area kind of kind of like a b b minus area uh fully remodeled when the when the tenant moved in uh we were getting 1150 for a two-bedroom one-bath house fence backyard, everything you would expect, right? Uh, we got 1400. And, I mean, and that's a huge boost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you got to remember, we don't just have one, right? So uh, right. not only did we re- restructure our debt for like 40, 4500 or whatever it was, I think we raised rents on move outs, probably a little bit more than that last year. Uh, and we'll probably do more of that this year, because as we transition, we'll go back, you know, to all the all the others that we didn't raise and go, okay, you know, we got to raise you a little How long bit. Had so. that tenant been in that one in between your? Uh, probably two and a half years, I think. They actually yes. bought a house. So, 1,400 so. to 1,400 in two and a half years is a lot. Yeah. And this is without like major inflation yet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think rents are going to continue to jump and I don't know what will happen. It'll be very interesting. Well, I think there's a couple I mean, of things. Really I'm, I'm finding great residents too. A lot of like millennials with really high income and very good credit seem to prefer renting over buying. They want to be mobile. Yeah, there's there's lots and lots of truth to that. And I think that is, I think this is what we're going to see over the next year is I think home ownership because of builders and just availability is going to become harder and, and harder for, for the average person, which means we may get more and more renters. Uh, I do think I still think urban core, you know, think Manhattan, San Francisco. I still think that struggles a little bit, although I think there's a return coming. Because uh, I think, I think, I think every crisis teaches us something, and this crisis taught us space is good, right? I want a backyard. I want a garage. I don't want to be around people. And if that's true, and housing prices go up, builders keep building, you know, at the upper end. That just means more and more people have to rent. Um, and rents go up, obviously. Yeah, no, I agree on all of it. I think middle class is going to get crunched. It's going to go from like here to like here. I'm, it's very sad to me to think yeah. about that. 
Yeah. So I know, I know uh, you only had a half hour for us. Um, when, when you look out over the next year or so, do you, you, I guess I'll ask you the question. You, are you going to be adding more this year or uh, sitting tight or reducing? Well, no, I've been adding. So yeah. I'm going to continue to add, um, but me I'm going to, I'll add some in Virginia and I'll add some in Florida. It gives me a little diversity and a little diversity on government regulation. Yeah. And you're adding as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm adding, but I'm only adding residential. I actually think multifamily is going to be in a little bit of pain in three to five years mm -hmm. when the debt structure comes up. I do up. think people that are out there syndicating and paying full price could get crunched. That's like say Grant Cardone's guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah. Bigger is better is not always true, right? That's something I've learned over 20 years. Sometimes apartments are the place to be and sometimes it's single family. I'm going to buy as much residential for and below I can this year. Um, mm -hmm. I think the debt structure is still abnormally low. I think it's artificially low. And I want to go get as much 30-year debt as I can right now. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. Restructuring the final pieces of my debt, locking in 30-year money as cheap as I can. And I'm going to buy as much residential because as my book said, I'll let residential run till it's unaffordable. Then I'll just 1031 out and move into apartments just like we did last time. Love it. Yep. Very cool, man. Thank you for your time. I always love talking the real world, world with somebody who's been doing it a long time like All me. Right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thank okay. you for having me on. You got it.